Hello, and welcome to our podcast. Did you don't? Did you don't get down? Woohoo! It's your normal host, Heather. And Bennett. And this is episode 89. That's right. If I can count that high. Yep. Episode 89. That's impressive. What are we going to do when we get to 100? It's going to be like three years from now at this rate. Probably. This would be about... No, I guess it's May now. I think it's April. I have no concept of what time (laughs) it is. I was going to say, oh, it's been like three years since we started this. I remember when we came up with the idea. We were hiking through somewhere in Australia. Yeah, but it was Easter weekend. And I was like, oh, we're not that far from Easter. And that was like... To, like, a month yeah a month and a half ago at this point our third host is asleep right now so you won't well, hear any jinxed it. you won't hear any microphone uh, moaning or farting <laughs> um sorry if that's what you came for now you jinxed it though he'll probably wake up in a minute probably um we're still in isolation lockdown full suburban mode whatever you want to call it yep um, cruising towards our midlife crises. How much do we want to get into our house drama? <sighs> Let's just say there could be a third house, a third host, and it and could be a mouse. And fourth and fifth and sixth. Yeah. yeah. We've had I'm some... not ashamed to say I hired a man to come and take care of my problems in my house. That's what they're there for. We're helping the economy. Is there that you go. I use my do? stimulus money. Local business people, local economy, we're helping. Uh, on that, we're not going to do too much coronavirus stuff, I assume. Uh, I No. But um, I do recommend that Dave Eggers satirical column. Mm. Um, also just read Hologram for the King, where you can read my uh, book review on book digits if you'd like. Um, but yeah, I would recommend that column just because it's a good kind of step back and a look at how everyone knows this t- this unprecedented time is insane, but how insane like the, the news cycle is and the, <clears throat> the information that we receive about it. Uh, and the government and the economics of it is one thing that still just boggles my mind. The fact that they said, here, give everyone $2,000. That should be fine. First of all, like, economists, anytime I've ever heard anyone explain economics, it's been like, we, we can't just print money. You know, that would destabilize everything. Then there's a giant crisis, and they're like, here's money. We just also, printed it. Take like- it anyone can tell you that the cost of living is wildly varies in this country and this idea that two thousand dollars that like they're just averaging it out yeah it's like that doesn't make any sense we do not need two thousand dollars in the midwest in our current situation compared to someone in new york city with their rent costs like you and i were still in our place of privilege we're both still employed so we've had no financial direct impact from uh covid19 right in terms of paycheck so we should not have received any money yeah. The government should be supplementing those missing paychecks, or they should just be looking at your last year's taxes and giving you your an average of your salary just to help you get by. Yeah, we are definitely not economists, and I know there's no good answer, but it just <sighs> seems like the answer that we got was was garbage. Yeah. Um, my bigger issue, my like bad news, if you will, I don't mm-hmm. even really have news this week, honestly, but my bad news is like this this idea of like both sides that seems to pervade the media particularly in america what do you mean when it's like only seven percent of americans don't want to wear a mask and the media makes it out to be like it's 50 50 yeah like everything comes out to be like this side and that side and they don't 
ever really accurately seem to show like it's a very small loud group of dumb people that are doing yeah. this they seem to make it seem like it's this same with the protesters too when they're like oh my god all of minnesota is up in arms that like they a thousand people compared right. to how everyone else who's happily minnesota. staying home and ordering takeout yeah although i made the mistake of looking at the facebook comments underneath the renaissance festival post this year and um Basically, so in Minnesota, the state fair is a big deal. Ooh. As if you, if you're an, uh, an avid listener, you, from our backyard, a couple times. Yeah, uh, they've already canceled the state fair, which was a very smart choice. Labor Day. Um, except the Renaissance Festival, which is different from the state fair, fun in a yeah. kind of Disneyland kind of way, uh, has said that they are going to try not to cancel. And the, uh, the amount of people underneath there being like, yes, I'm going to go every day. And the arguments in there, just stay home if you don't want to get sick. And it's like, well, that's not how this virus works. Are you yeah. not paying attention? And this this other idea of this like false um, conflation of like freedom and rules. Yeah. Right. The seatbelt seat like, thing, like once you, once you understand that, it's like, yeah, there's no argument here. For the people that say, if masks work, why do we have to isolate? If isolating works, why do masks? It's like, you don't, <sighs> it's, you're trying to be extra careful. I don't understand right. this idea of like, well, if I, if I don't have to social distance, if I wear a mask, then I'll just wear a mask. It's like, but you won't wear a mask. Right, you're just yeah, playing going, devil's advocate. Going with the seatbelt analogy, it's not like you don't put your hands on the steering wheel the if you're wearing. The airbag was the best one. Yeah, okay. I, like, if you need a seatbelt, then you don't need airbags. Right. It's like, they're for different things and they both help in an accident. That's good, yeah. Um, and yeah, no shirt, no shoes, no service is the one I was thinking of. Like, yeah. no one gets angry that they can't go shirtless in yeah. Walmart. I don't understand right. how this is any different. We live different. in a society with some rules and the rules have changed. And your freedom is not being impacted. Yeah. You still are allowed to go places as things are opening up. Mm -hmm. We're just asking you to wear a mask to protect other people. I don't, it doesn't make any sense. And it also especially doesn't make any sense from like the, the demographic of people that it's coming from. The hypocrisy is just ridiculous. Like the ones that are like all like uh, protect our troops and all of this yeah. stuff. And it's like those people are literally going and dying for our country. And you're like support the troops, but you can't wear a mask. To save I, lives. Yeah. yeah, to save lives. Right. I don't. But you support the doctors and the nurses who are saving lives. But you don't Except want for the ones that tell you to wear a mask, and then yeah. they're evil, even though they're saving lives. It doesn't make any sense. <sighs> that's what drives me crazy. So that's my bad news. Okay. On a lighter note, you have been getting into two hobbies that are now very popular. Oh, yeah. You're like all hipster, uh, like you knew it before it was cool. Right. Sourdough and yep. gardening. Right. And to brag more, I have a gluten-free sourdough. It's going mm -hmm. on three months after I had to restart it when we the moved. The pizza is especially good, I would say. Yeah. When are you making us pizza again? I was going to make it for my birthday next weekend, maybe. You're making your own birthday dinner? Yeah, I was going to make you help me. Okay. Because my wife is getting really into cooking. What, what was my quote <laughs> earlier today? You said, I feel like I'm really getting into cooking. No, but I said, like, <laughs> I feel like I'm getting really into cooking. But I don't mean that I'm going to start cooking. I don't want to be in the kitchen, she said. No, I didn't say I don't want to be in the kitchen. I said I'm getting really into cooking, but not like I'm going to start cooking. I meant more than like priceless. I'm getting bored at home and getting a little more creative with food. Right. Like I'm like more willing to experiment with weird flavors or like yeah, try to mix it up. you don't come from a background of like fine dining. Like you like growing up, you would have been. I would fine dining. I would say like like variety of like right. non-american staple yeah like you dining. growing up you would have been fine with grilled chicken 
from the grill in the backyard and like rice veggies and, and rice. Some veggies yeah. which i still like sure but lately it's just like you've been doing some good stuff with like mediterranean dishes yep. that we've been experimenting with and shout out to viola life if they want to sponsor our show oh the cheese best vegan cheeses oh, they got yes, the parmesan sure. they got the feta they got the the shreds we're gonna try to have some sort of fake um sad two-person vegan yeah. barbecue tomorrow without a grill for memorial day yeah um so we'll see how that goes i'm anti-barbecue i'm just gonna say it okay. i think they're overrated for someone if you don't cook meat they're overrated i just think the whole cultural thing it just doesn't do it for me okay that's fine mm. I think if we cook to meat, it's an easy way to do burgers or if we or had friends, it probably would be more interesting. If we were allowed to have friends, yeah, we, right. yeah, yeah. we are protecting our neighbors by not having any friends there right go. now. So, okay. Um, so I'm a hero, you're saying. Basically. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about some of the stuff we've been watching? Are they really even first responders? Like, first what? responders is like a September 11th thing. Like, there you think the first responders. But the doctors, they're like the fifth responders, like the people who are actually hooking up the ventilators. Well, it depends on how many people they res- have I been responding to. the front line is maybe the better the term. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Um, we don't need to quibble. We support doctors and we support science <laughs> on this podcast. Um, we forgot to talk about some good news last time. We mentioned it. And oh, then, yes. Like, you had thoughts Please, on it and let's. didn't get in there. Yeah. I am fairly neutral to it. So oh, I'm going to let you take this one because I know you have a lot of feelings okay, about it. Okay, some good news. John Krasinski. I fucking hated A Quiet... What was it called? The Qu- a Quiet Place? Mm-hmm. Man, that fucking clipboard. The uh, bulletin board at the end. Oh, man. Okay, so John Krasinski shows up in the early days of coronavirus quarantine. And I think people are familiar with some good news at this point. He pitches the show to us as a YouTube audience, saying he's going to highlight... You're so cynical about this. I'm pretty cynical about a lot of things My in the context of popular culture. My feeling on this was just that it was not that unique, because there are, like, happy news, and, like, there are, like, websites that are dedicated to, like, positive news. Right, like... Krasinski's not the first person to be like, wow, did people realize that there's a lot of depressing stuff in the news, even when there's not a pandemic, when it's all fires, murders, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Elections. Terrorism, <laughs> Terrorism yes. Elections. <laughs> um, so I don't think he necessarily was exploitative. Is that a word? Exploitative. Some variation of it um, is, yeah. I think he just was like, I had this idea and I'm bored at home and I'm just going to do this to try and bring some good into the world. Yeah. And didn't really realize that, like, you're not that unique for coming up with this. Like, he's you kind know, of I seemed... don't really criticize him for the for the lack of creativity or the lack I'm of... I'm just saying, we're criticizing him for different things. So I just yeah. wanted to get my point out there was that sure. it was cute enough and he has, like, the celebrity pull to, like, do some cute surprises and shit. Sure. Um, and, like... You know, once in a while when we're sitting at home all day, I do just need, like, ten minutes of background noise. Man, I, what I would kill for a, a, like, reliable YouTube channel that I could have in the background. I've been searching for one for years. I know, like, everyone under the age of 16 is addicted to YouTube. I, I can't watch it for more than five minutes before I get bored out of my mind. Okay. Anyway, do the rest of your rant. Um, i drink my cider. I'm drinking Free Wheeler. From Sociable Cider Works, which is a Minnesota there you institution. Go. Yep. Cheers. I had drank half of it earlier and half of it now, like a true, <laughs> like a true. parent. Um, mom. So, Krasinski, my biggest takeaway is that 
is where is where is uh where's tosh right now where's tosh during quarantine because i need daniel tosh to do a satirical version of this show because basically some good news is like a really really neutered family friendly tosh.0 okay like instead of people doing dumb shit and laughing at it it's people doing mildly cute stuff and people fawning over it yeah um so yeah the celebrity cameos and stuff and you know bringing them in and getting some surprises for some you know normal people getting to meet these people okay that's great i just didn't enjoy the whole vibe of the show i didn't like how everyone was john krasinski's hero immediately like like one category got, is like, jimmy fallon issue is yeah yeah good one is like okay the boston doctors sure they're your heroes the guy who danced with his daughter in place of the prom not a hero there wasn't a lot of just a decent dad perspective like Like a everything was equally heroic correct and every every youtube every like twitter tiktok thing that he would post like blew his mind i appreciate the self-deprecating parts where he would talk about all the shit he was getting for dumb mistakes they had made or criticisms people made i liked his tone when he was being a little bit snarky about it in in a positive way yeah i agree that like he was maybe trying a little bit too hard to be positive so toxic positivity is a thing it is a thing yep and i i'm interrupting you a lot and i'm sorry but no it's okay i think that's my biggest issue with it i personally had a bit of a revelation with that a few weeks ago where i was like really 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 trying to make the best of remote teaching to the point where i was like ignoring my actual feelings about it yeah and not like validating my own feelings that i I hate remote teaching and it's okay to not like it like i can't let that like cripple me and like refuse to do it no, but it's but okay to acknowledge pressure on yourself to both do it and love it then you're going Correct. to yeah, like it's okay to acknowledge spiral. that i don't like it for a lot of different reasons but i'm still trying to right. do my best whereas trying to say it's great it's great to be home with the baby and i'm learning a lot like if you're trying to put yeah. this spin in it all the time it's exhausting right and like my least favorite quarantine commercials are the ones where they make all the average people out to be heroes because you're making it work at home like, also yeah. and that's such a sorry yeah, i keep ahead. interrupting you that's i was okay. just gonna say that's such a just a way to to lift these people up so that they can't complain about anything and also to yeah. make it seem like they're like volunteering to put their lives on the line like our brother-in-law who works at walmart did not sign up for like the army correct to stock shelves yeah i do not want to be a hero and be sent back to school before it's ready like you calling me a hero because you're not willing to give me safe conditions right that's your fault i don't want to be like i don't want to get this label of a hero because you are putting my life in danger right i think that's a very slippery slope and it probably comes from the glorification of like war in general which is would be a much longer topic for a different uh episode but right the idea of putting your life in danger is like the quickest way to being a hero in in american even culture. if it's preventable and Correct. someone else is forcing you to do it and you don't have a choice so right that's one piece of it and what i was saying was like keep in mind these these are commercials the ones that are telling you that you're amazing for making it work at home like i don't deserve a medal for taking care of a baby at home um and they're probably just Man, trying to sell you something every time i read and ask me any uh, am i the asshole yeah from reddit though 
the bar is so low. It's true. The bar is so low for men. Every time I read an article, every time I like read a Reddit post, I just, uh, I don't want you to lower your standards, but the bar is so low. It's so <laughs> sad. Like the expectations put on women versus what men get pat on the backs for in terms of parenting yeah. is ridiculous. That's you, also babe. a topic for another podcast. Yeah, no, we're, we're spending a lot of time on this. So I'll wrap up my, some good news rant. Um, I think my biggest issue with the show, I know I've said I've had like five biggest issues so far, I'm aware of that, um, is that I was just... Did you say that your biggest issue is that you have a lot of biggest issues? <laughs> when I heard the pitch for the show, I was like, thank you, John. All I want is a fucking distraction yeah. from COVID stuff. So I thought it was going to be finding either past stories or current stories, mm. happy things that had nothing to do with coronavirus. And instead it was 20, like four minutes of only quarantine discussion. Do you see the irony of this? What? We could be providing the people with that service, except we're stuck talking about oh, coronavirus. Oh, we're going to get some good stuff oh, coming up Jesus. soon. Um, uh, and the last piece is just the sellout nature of it, which you could sniff out from a mile away when he was like, AT&T has agreed to give all of these doctors Red Sox tickets, which they'll probably have to pay taxes on, but we'll worry about that later. I was like, oh. Yeah. Corporate sponsors. You're in. You're in cahoots, obviously, with Google to figure out the advertising for this, and now he's sold off it off as like a property, and that he won't host anymore. And it's like, good for you, dude. Like, but make your money in this time when you can't film anything else. But but the one thing I liked about it was his like kind of snarky amateur, intentionally amateurish attitude about it. Like, if you yeah. just take that idea, and just commercial commercialize yeah. it, it's just gonna be the same as every other news site that's like that. Yeah. Um, so I had a couple other intro things. Sure. I had me a list too. of this. I got it. I got oh, a list. Jesus. A list of, okay, here's what I had. Yeah. It's almost like we should have prepared for this ahead of time. <laughs> um, I have a list of the TV shows we've been watching. Me too. I have. Mine's a, movies actually, so that's a good compliment. Okay. I have, um, some hate mail. <laughs> okay. And I have a question. Okay. You do TV shows, I'll do movies, and then we'll get into okay. the other stuff. Um, Dark Ages? Yeah, Miracle Workers, like, terrible fucking title for a show. Like, I can't even tell you what it is. Couldn't even tell you how to search for it. It's the one with Daniel Radcliffe in, uh, in, like, the Dark Ages, I guess. Um, middle, the Middle Ages? Middle Ages, that sounds right. Um, it's fine. It's a TBS show. It has some good gags. It has a decent overall arc. Um, a decent cast for what it was. Right. It has good ca- cast with Bushim, Bushim, but this, and this is one of the ones Radcliffe. that's, like same cast different settings and story every they're anthologies yeah it's like a american American horror Horror story Story type thing which will i watched very small chunks of it um and wasn't that impressed but it was fine to have as like a lunch show very background lunch show um we've also been watching bob's burgers as our lunch show and i'm enjoying that a lot more yeah we're on like season four or five and it definitely hit its stride specifically it started with that weird episode when um why can't i think of the mom's name linda linda gets like has that terrible issue at the grocery store and gets locked out of her car and has to find her way home yes that like started a really good series yes i agree set of episodes it's also the perfect for me the issue with that show was like watching too many at once because it's like too similar humor to watch it like a couple times a week during lunch is like the perfect 
amount of that like style of cartoon right. and style of humor. And there's almost no carryover from like season to season or episode to episode. Like I think the kids have stayed in the same grade the whole time as part of the joke. And I also don't feel like I missed out either because I definitely I started watching it season one, and then I kind of jumped back in when you were watching it, whatever season it was. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter that I missed some. Yeah. Um, did you see that the Bob's Burgers like animator people did a Parks and Rec? Um, so the headline didn't click it. <laughs> it wasn't even in a story. It was a picture. You couldn't even click the picture. They just did the Parks and Rec cast in the style of Bob's Burgers. Yeah. Oh, I, I read the whole headline. <laughs> that's taking you longer than if you would just open the picture. Oh, Lord. Um, you gotta, is, am I getting that t-shirt for my birthday? Saw the headline didn't click yeah. it. What was my t-shirt going to be? I forget. It was funny, though. <laughs> we'll listen back to the other 88 episodes. Okay. We'll find it. Um, we have time. Um, <laughs> we're heroes for doing that by the way supermarket stakeout have we talked yeah. about that before I don't think so um, it's probably the best thing on Food Network right now it's the right level of brain uh, power I can't even finish the sentence that I'm trying to say which which makes sense <laughs> it's the right level of like brain activity for me in that it's there's still the premise of the show is is that they have to cook things in a parking lot and they can only use ingredients that they like buy off of unsuspecting shoppers. shoppers is how it's pitched yeah it's, um, very, it's really two shows one show is them bartering with very confused yes. consumers and the second one is a very weird like chopped. i hope the show never gets any bigger because that will ruin the whole effect yeah. of the shoppers being like get out of my face or yeah. like i don't understand right. anyways then they have to then go cook so it's it's the right level of cooking show for me in that um they still are trying to like make cool stuff out of limited ingredients right. but instead of being like fucking bizarre ingredients from chopped they purposely pick to make difficult yeah. it's like doritos and a frozen turkey and like hostess cakes right like, it's and there's real like with chopped it's like okay you know exactly how it's gonna go right they get the ingredients they debate what they're gonna make and then at the end you find out if it was any good or not mm -hmm. with this one you don't know what ingredients they're getting you don't know if they're gonna find something in the bag that might turn it all around for them. And there's also a challenge, and there's a theme, a theme right. that's not just entree. So it's like just because someone has a great mix of stuff doesn't mean they're gonna win. Just because they have the right thing for the theme doesn't mean they're gonna and win. And like it seems like the people that have the right thing for the theme end up not even winning because then they like, if you, if the theme is pizza and you get a frozen pizza, you're not really baked, like Correct. cooking anything. Right. The creativity is more of the what you get rewarded for. Anyway, that's been a good cooking show for us. Yeah. Um, this was just a sad from home thing, American Idol from home. Oh, yeah, I jotted down a couple of those. The other day on network television was um, Tag. People that one playing Tag. It looks like The Hunger Games to me, and it makes me very unsettled. Like, it seems like from Tag to The Hunger Games is yeah. like a real, real short climb. And then I. Th one of these was celebrity. I don't think it was celebrity tag, so it must have been celebrities doing an escape room on television. Is there anything more boring than watching other people do an escape yeah, room? Yeah, I know. So yeah, I had that jotted down. Um, after the last Airbender has been getting a lot of um, the movie really press good. time in the uh, quarantine, quarantine era. social media, which I'm all for because um, Jen, friend of the show, yep, previous guest of the show, multiple times Australian Jen, has just experienced Avatar: The Last Airbender for the first time, start to finish, and she was like were you the one that told me to watch this? Because I've watched like two seasons in a day and then ended up finishing the whole thing and sending me a lot of funny um, comments about it 
So that was an enjoyable part of my quarantine. So it's definitely a worthwhile show if you've like listened to us talk about it for ages and have never watched it. Now's a great time, especially if you have kids. I think I'll watch some. Not really sure. We keep you keep debating this. Last time you said you'd watch the whole thing, but was that that just why I wouldn't make you watch it? We'll talk about that later. Okay. Um, I started watching the other day just as my solo lunch show. Uh, whatever. It's a good background show yeah. for me because I've seen it a couple times now. Um, Dragon Prince is the one related to that. Yeah. It irritates me because it's by the same people as Avatar The Last Airbender and has one of the same exact voice actors in yeah, basically like the, the same The people are role. the same and the... Interesting. Some of them. Some of the producers yeah. are the same. And Sokka from Avatar yeah. The Last Airbender is like the dumb prince yeah. in... In or uh, okay, yeah, yeah, like, I see. Like playing almost the same character too. Right. But we'll probably do a whole episode on. Okay. Main segment. Yeah. Sure. I was just trying to list other things we've been watching. Yeah. Um, I've been watching. I watched Never Have I Ever, which yep. is also getting a lot of um publicity. Yeah. Um, I walked in and out of the room during it, which is not the I way sure, to consume this no, show. No, especially because it's John McEnroe's voice and a young Indian teenager. <laughs> um. There was also that one episode narrated by Andy Samberg. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to explain that to you, and it just made it worse. Yeah, it did. Um, I, I, it was just okay for the first couple, at the first half of it, and the, the second half, like the the back nine, what do you yeah. call it? Like the, That's a golf analogy. There was a nine, though. Yeah, it was a number. <laughs> not actually nine episodes. Like the downhill. Yeah. Like the other, like the, whatever. Sure. The second half of the show yeah. picked up steam picked up steam <laughs> wait my bad um it got a lot better and the last two episodes had me like literally sobbing on the couch you sobbed. um i was also having a rough day that day and i was like i'll watch this fun show for yeah. two episodes and it was like the emotional climax of the show about like a dead parent and a fight with the other parent and it was like a whole thing yeah um so it really got me towards the end and i'm intrigued for what whatever they do with season two which it seems like it is getting popular enough to have a season two. I'm not sure if it's been confirmed, but um, yeah. it, there's we've talked about this before on the podcast, but like, give me the 23 minute shows. That's yeah. what I want. Cause I then know. I can watch two if I want to, Correct. or three, or I can just watch one and move the on. 45 my minutes is just, it's daunting. It's just too much. It's, it's just mostly mentally too much, like too much of a commitment. Speaking of 22 minute shows. It's personal with Amy Hawker. Pretty sure that's the best show I'm watching right now. And it's kind of mad for me. You don't like it that much? It's okay. I think we might. I think I might make us do a whole segment on that too. Okay, then let's save that one. It's um, the most creative show I think you, we're watching right now. If you ever heard of t- us talk about Poppy and Georgie, Poppy. did we talk about that on the show? I don't. I don't know. Royal, I don't think so. I think we just did the voice. Royal, whatever. Almost royal. Almost royal. Um, I don't think that's coming back. I wish it was, <laughs> but this is a similar type of humor to that, and the same um, actress. So yeah, we can save that. The only other one I have is OJ. Which yeah, I don't. So even, yeah, I the have two o- letters is as much as I want to talk I about. I have it. OJ and MJ. Um, oh right, yeah. I forgot we watched the Michael Jackson one. Uh, Michael <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> I had on my list to watch at some point in time the OJ fictionalized American crime American story. crime story because you watched the real because I watched the, the documentary, documentary the like the eight hour documentary I remember watching it in Australia sometime after it came out was this when we realized that I didn't know who OJ was yes did not know he was an athlete I thought he Correct. was just a criminal right so Alleged we talked criminal. about that 
<laughs> he's in jail now. Um, so yeah, we talked about that. The documentary. I don't even remember. He, he went to jail for. He got lying about it. The civil suit. Versus, so he. Pat, I don't understand he the got, He got found liable in the civil suit. He later did some more dumb shit and got arrested for something. And the judge basically gave him this outrageous penalty to make up for the previous case. Got it. Um, anyway, so the documentary was really good. I was never that enamored by the OJ whole story, probably because I was um, like six and seven when it happened. So it was interesting to learn about his background, this whole concept of him being black, but him being more part of white culture than anything. The Rodney King riots, how that fed into his trial, where the trial was held, how the prosecutor screwed it up, what the defense did. The little bit that I saw of the documentary you watched, that was the part I found interesting, because obviously that context, not only did I not remember a lot of it from being little, but that context would have meant nothing to me as a yeah. you know elementary schooler, whereas now I can be more interested in, and have a little bit of better perspective on yeah. that part of it. Um, so I don't know whether this this Ryan Murphy show came out before or after the documentary. At the same time, I think. I, I think it was pretty it, close, right? But yeah. I also remember like it being it winning a lot of Emmys. Did it actually? Which terrifies me. No, look it up. You um, keep talking. Ryan Murphy just creates trash TV. Like, are people aware of this? But it's it's addictive, watchable trash TV for the most part. If yeah. you ask the average American, I was looking for some trash to watch, so it filled that void. This was during the the mouse situation where you and I were living upstairs. The only award it actually won okay. was the Critics' Choice Television Award for most exciting new series. Okay, good. It was nominated okay. for the. Prime I remember them Emmys. all getting like supporting actor Sarah, nominations. No, Sarah Paulson yeah. was nominated for an Emmy, and that's it. Oh, okay. All right. I think, according to my very, very quick Google search. That's fine. Um, it's a very, very bad show. Um, it took, I think it's based on like the book, which, you know, obviously tells a lot of the same events as the documentary. Um, but it basically, like you could tell, it like extrapolated the book and just put the words into the mouths of the actors the script was so terrible it had such a high profile cast of people who were like doing impressions but really miscast like i still don't understand if john travolta really looks like that nowadays or if they made him look like that for the show and then they they forced the whole rough they forced the whole kardashian storyline just so people can go oh my god kim kardashian used to be a child Thank you for that. Wasn't aware of that. Terrific. They spent like four episodes establishing that Kim Kardashian was a child at one point in time. Um, so I wish I had those hours of my life back. Uh, I wish I had those, that hour maybe total that I watched a bit of my life I think back. the thing that was most disappointing was it was that it was fictionalized. So they could have like done some fucked up shit with it. Like they didn't even have to stick to the story that's been sort of told. The only time I actually like held my breath and got excited was when they went into the um, the jury's room chamber when they were supposedly deliber- deliberating, and I was like, I'm interested to see how this plays out. And it's a scene that lasts like two minutes, and all the African American people go, "You ain't convincing me." The white people go, "We have to look at the evidence," and that's the end of the scene. Especially for a show that was trying to do a lot of like 
black versus white, it seemed like they were handled that very poorly. Yeah. But they attempted to bring that up a lot during the show, that they yeah. couldn't add a little bit more nuance. What would have been interesting would be, like, do a show where there's one episode each of each member of the jury. Correct. There were more interesting ways to show, to tell the story, and instead... If I had to learn They did it very linearly. Literally. What's her name? Who? The haircut. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Marsha's, Marsha, Marsha's haircut. Yeah. Going to the bar with the guy from This Is Us. Yeah. Uh, like, the, the weird sexual tension between them that seemed to be three quarters of the show from what I watched. <laughs> Ross just looking confused and constipated the whole time. Correct, right. Because his whole arc was Juice's, OJ's best friend starts to doubt maybe he did actually do it. And they stretch that over 10 episodes and his face just gets more and more constipated as it goes. Yeah, it was from the bit I saw of it, it was not watchable. Like I literally asked you a few times to please shut it off because I couldn't (laughs) handle it. So I don't know how you got through the whole thing. Yeah, not proud of it. Um, Also, the Michael Jordan documentary is over. I thank ESPN because I am admitting that I do have a sports void that I need to fill with something. Uh, AO we're Tennis gonna, Two. We're gonna, we're gonna get to that in a second, but go ahead. Is is helping? Okay. Um, I gave up on World Tour Tennis, which was one of the worst video games I ever paid money for. Uh, but grateful now to have AO Tennis Two, even though I have to sort of illegally download Roger and Dominic and a few other players. Anyway, like an hour today trying to recreate our baby shy. as a tennis player, and he is not good at tennis. Because <laughs> we made him the sm- shortest, short and possible fat. Height, yes pudgy um so they pushed up the documentary because espn needed content sports fans need content we talked about it i think after we had seen like maybe four episodes yeah i watched all 10 you probably watched half or so overall um my comments from before pretty much stand in that it it didn't really tell any interesting story aside from Here's Michael Jordan's basketball career, and here's how the last season went. And here's the supporting cast. Correct. The biggest mystery of the last dance, that last season, is why the general manager, Kraus, decided before the season that it would be the last one. Why did he tell Phil Jackson, we will not bring you back next year? Why did he tell the players, we will not re-sign all of you, when they were reigning champions? Like, we just saw Tom Brady leave. Okay, they didn't win the Super Bowl Don't last, even, last year. Don't even, because now they're going to do this Save the Last Dance uh, documentary for Tom Brady, and it's going to be called The Man in the Stadium. This is true? You're not making this up? It could have been The Onion, but who knows okay. nowadays. I think it's true. I'm going to see if I can find it. So, um, so anyways, that's the main question, which is why did they sabotage their season before it began? When I Google and Tom there Brady, is no answer to that question. The headline is Tom Brady hits miracle golf shot, shot comma, rips pants, <laughs> colon, suck that. That's a Google common search? Wow. Okay. News headline. Um... The, the the editing and some of the content is very strange yes, from the documentary. Uh, like, they leave out the fact that Michael Jordan has a family and has other stuff going in the background during he all these never, seasons. never, ever did any drugs. Correct. And he got poisoned by that pizza. He wasn't hungover. Following the record-breaking success of Michael Jordan documentary The Last Dance, ESPN has announced the 2021 release of nine-part Tom Brady documentary series Man the Arena. Mm-hmm. He's still playing. Man do they know the that? Arena? He's not playing in New England anymore. Yeah. But do they know that he's still playing? Weird. 
Like the reason that the Michael Jordan one worked is the same reason the the OJ stuff worked probably is mm-hmm. that it's distance enough that the people that were adult at the time relive I don't want to say nostalgia about OJ but like oh, the, yeah, yeah, they yeah. they kind of relive that point that in our pop lives culture that event, pop yeah. culture event and for people like us who were like vaguely remember it but we're too young yeah. to really understand it we can get a better context and learn Correct. more about it as right now and that's why it worked because it was a good review of like the nba from whatever it was like 1988 to 1998 and like the people that were fans of basketball or sport at that time were just like oh i remember all this and then they're getting some new information and people like you remembered more than i did but like well yeah i was a big nba fan by the time 98 rolled around glenn rice made an appearance in this documentary which i much appreciated um the hornets beat the Bulls in the, in their near perfect year. I just want to point out. Um, anyways, so the documentary itself was really not that satisfying. Um, it was definitely a puff piece for Michael Jordan, uh, which is why he made it and he released the footage, understandably. But it was billed as it would have like some never before seen footage, and it was interesting to to see him call Larry Bird a bitch. Okay, sure, there were some good tidbits. Um, yeah, why did he do that? But overall, it was nothing, nothing really impressive. Yeah, um, I think there needs to be like an asterisk next to the ratings of it in terms oh, of it was not because people were choosing to watch that over many other things. It was people are dying for some sports. Yeah. So, related to this, yeah, w- this is a. I'm going to ask you a question, and I think you know my answer, and that's why I'm relating to this. Okay. I saw this going around on Twitter, and I thought it was interesting to, for me to think about. What show would you bring back for one more season if you could? Huh. And I know that there's at least Firefly. one person no listening to say Firefly, right? <laughs> but, like, my honest answer uh-huh. is Pitch. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. This would be the perfect time. No one's even in the baseball stadium. That's such a good idea, babe. So why don't they do a second get, season of get Pitch? Get Mark Paul Gosler. You, you must, almost made me have negative thoughts about Mark Paul Gosler. A, he must have a beautiful quarantine beard at this point, oh, Mark yeah. Paul Gosler. Um, what would your answer that's be? That's a really good one. What would your answer so be? So something that, that was struck down too soon. I mean, it, before this year, it probably would have been one day at a time. But now I got that back. Something that was taken away from me. Because all those shows that have finished that have come back have been awful. Like, nobody really needed Arrested Development or... And, like, if you think of shows that, like, were, we were both really into, lost, like, Glee God, or no, Lost, need, like, yeah. they need one less season. Correct. That would be the more interesting question is what show would you take away the final season <laughs> That's of Glee? So, uh, a show? What shows did I like? I don't know. Orphan Black, I also... No. Uh, that didn't need any more seasons, I don't think. Um, I'm trying to think of a show that I got to the end and I was like, give me more. <laughs> I was loaded! What the fuck was <laughs> Flash forward. <laughs> that one the most ridiculous cliffhanger of any show. That was so good. Um, was this a fan mail question or this you oh, came this up with? this was on Twitter that I saw it and I still What are some other podcast. shows that we talked about? Do we get to the end of Friday Night Lights? Yeah. I don't think I would have wanted another one of that. I mean, the last season was one of the best seasons, but there was a lot of, like, not great seasons I'm just going to scroll through our podcast real quick. Um, so, yeah, I think 
Pitch, if, if you do start craving sports, we should rewatch Pitch. Because there's only one season yeah. of it. There's also on, that other, Google, like, Friday Night Lights somewhat oh, yeah, Netflix show. Yeah. I was also, we also have our baseball movie watch sometime, too, that we've been yeah. saving some good baseball movies. We also have the last 12 minutes of The Fugitive that we can watch. <laughs> <laughs> Still figuring out how, D- how like DVR that. works. Um... I'll be lame and say pushing Daisy. Daisy's I okay. Guess. I think that's one that like people in my demographic say often, um, which which we have our weird Thanksgiving ritual about that. Yeah, uh, you're the worst. Definitely not. Shrill is still going. Killing Eve is still going. Boy Meets World. I think they wrapped it up well. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with pushing daisies. I'm glad okay. I got to one eventually. I mean, if you don't have one off the cuff, then I guess there's not one that you're dying for. Because my, yeah. I'm telling you, like I'm very cynical about all pop culture. It's an issue. It's okay, honey. Quick movie list we watched. We watched The House. Yikes. Uh, we watched Rookie of the Year. We watched Hercules. You have anything to say about it? <laughs> no comments. No. Okay. Uh, I started reading Emma. I guess I'll save it till when I finish it. It's not a good book, Jane. It's not a good book. I think she's long past your criticism. It's okay. Okay, that's the end I of think, my intro. Now it's 40 minutes Yeah, that's in. been 40 minutes. So I think I'm going to save my hate mail for the end. Um, <laughs> and we'll get into a little bit of what we're actually talking what about. What shows did I, do I like? Oh, babe. Hmm. Push, Push Nevada? Push Marino? What was it called? What the fuck are you talking about? It was this really weird show. Okay. Um, main segments. Yeah, so we are going to talk today about two different um, pieces of media, yeah. visual media, with very... Um, oh, this is the show that you should have for this answer. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> That's a very good Spinning intro. Spinning out. So we are going to talk about Spinning Out, which is a Netflix show that was I heard, that I heard of somewhere. And um, it is a ice skating soap opera. Soap opera. <laughs> soap opera. It's almost it. It like should be on like the CW or like Freeform, yes. and it's on Netflix. But it's that same type of like really oversaturated teen yeah. soap opera situation. Right. But with adults also doing weird. It's like a Riverdale on ice, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Riverdale on ice. Sure. Um. The, the premise is this girl who... Oh, Yuri on Ice. Is yeah. there ever going to be season two? Oh, good question. I would bring that one back mm. to um, It is focused on this girl, Kat, Katarina. who's like kind of aging out of, of figure skate, competitive figure skating. And she can't... She's had this like traumatic fall and yep. can't um, hit the skills she's supposed to hit in order to like get to that next level she needs to get to and she's kind of getting too old to keep trying um and especially for is it called singles yeah and in classic blades of glory style is offered (laughs) like a chance to come back at as a doubles partner pairs partner oh justin um and except that she has poorly managed bipolar disorder so does her mom january jones were you attracted to him? I was very attracted to him. To Justin? Yeah. Yeah, I would have kicked him out of our bed. Evan. C- 
come on over, bud. Evan Roderick. Um, he's God. probably not that famous. Let's not let's not throw that out there. Um, so, and of course, like the her partner is this like person that she has like a lovers to enemies to lovers situation with. Mm-hmm. There's like the Russian angry Russian coach. Dasha. Um, this show was like January Jones. I already said that. Okay. This show Sorry, was I was like, looking at pictures of Evan Roderick. <laughs> um, Rue from from um, no, not Rue. Um, Primrose. What the fuck Prim is her name? Is Serena, aka Willow Shields, is her name? Yeah. So yep. she was the sister of the main girl, Cat. Yep. Um, there was a black skier that seemed like he was going to be a big. Plot <laughs> His arc was amazing. Really? Marcus, played by Mitchell Edwards. Um, he he got some good storylines later on, but his first three episodes were just. I really like skiing. I'm gonna give up my medical like doctorship. Doctoralship. Um. So. Oh, the best friend. Oh yeah, she was my favorite. I was attracted to her, and I was attracted to the bitchy Wait, skater that was she? Yeah. Johnny Ware's partner. Johnny Weir was amazing on this show too. So the best, right, The Johnny's partner was Leah. Ooh, I would have picked her. And show, Jen honestly. was the uh, the Asian best friend. Leah and Jen are Who was terrific, too. yeah. Do we have fireworks neighbors? I told you we did. Good fucking lord. Um, so we're not explaining this show very well, <laughs> but basically she kind of like ages out of um, singles and is, is struggling with this like PTSD from this horrible fall that she had during competition. And the bipolar runs through her family, too. So she's got all these issues with her mom. So she's constantly trying to um, be better than her mom, basically, and not turn into her mom. But that actually makes her get worse. And she's trying to... Get, like, take care of her coach. younger sister we can't forget the opening two episodes where she nearly moves to london and then just doesn't get on the plane right um yeah it's <laughs> this show was just like all over the place if we're explaining it all over the place that's because that's how it was yeah. but in like a really addictive soap opera kind of way yeah this like dark teen comedy if, if dramedy i don't know what the what you know the it wasn't genre. A, definitely i wouldn't call it a comedy that's why i um, changed my dramedy kind of or just a drama right but drama. for all the ridiculousness of it it was like i think really well portrayed in terms of the mental health issues yeah i don't have bipolar disorder but i definitely yeah. think it it handled it pretty well it wasn't used as like a uh random plot point out of nowhere no. or it wasn't it drove like, the plot she's crazy it drove the plot yeah but in a more realistic seeming way. Um, I just, what I liked about the show personally, other than like some of the attractive cast, was that it kept me guessing because it was so off the wall mm-hmm. that I was like, she's dead. She's going to die. Like every <laughs> single episode, I was like convinced that one was going to die. she stopped breathing. She almost did die that one time. Yeah. Um, oh God, that scene was so great when she gets that laptop delivered. Yes. Um, I was just like, because it seemed like anything could happen at yeah. any time, I was just constantly convinced that someone was going to murder someone else. Right, which is someone the was soap opera vibe, right? Which is and like it wasn't like it wasn't as heightened as I'm making it seem <laughs> like it. And I haven't even watched that much of Riverdale, but I, I was having that that um, feeling every time. Makes I was me like, think she's dead. Of, she's uh, totally dead. <laughs> Shit's Creek. Some of the great like throwaway lines are when. Uh, 
Moira's talking about her soap opera character. Like the last episode we watched or something, she was like, I became my own father. I ate my own father. (laughs) You were going to say she got thrown upward out of a skylight or into a skylight? But no one, yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Um, So yeah, it was just, I am someone who tends to get a little bit bored with normal like rote tv shows because i'm just like this is what's gonna happen this is what's gonna happen or movies like b budget whatever yeah low budget like movies or like b roll what am i trying to say um i know what you mean like just kind of like lower budget movies and tv shows i tend or just very like sitcom-y like networky ones i'm just like this is what's gonna happen this show i was just like no idea what's gonna happen i'm on the edge of my seat anyone could die at any moment (laughs) um so I liked that aspect of it. It was unpredictable and not in like a jumping the shark didn't make sense in a plot kind of way, but just like this could like every single person in the show seemed to like actually have free will and make choices. Right. And not just for the for the sake of the plot. Like they yeah. all seemed to be like fully functioning human beings. And everything had a consequence, right? If there was yeah, a raging exactly. party upstairs, there was fallout for the person hosting it, for the person who it got wasn't drunk, just like for it forgot about it for the next episode. It, drugs, there was sex, lift rides. It was all over the place. <laughs> so much lift advertising. Um, I can't stop thinking about Justin. Um, That's what should be your answer for what should need the second season. But we also like you love Yuri on Ice. I really enjoyed Yuri on Ice, and so like there is. You know, not not all sports translate necessarily to, like, a drama show like this, but I think ice skating does. I think, yep. like, I would have, I would rewatch this series probably ten times before I watched I, Tonya again. Yeah, true. Um, but, like, the stakes are so high with figure skating because, like, you make one mistake yeah. in one time in one competition and it's over compared to another like tennis or baseball or something you can make a mistake and generally one mistake does not ruin your whole game and this show is like we have to get ready for qualifying or we have to get ready for whatever the the competitions were called and then also like you have the additional aspect of her being kind of like the unreliable narrator because of the bipolar disorder yeah where like the time skips sometimes or like what she is saying or whatever she's following isn't necessarily true you have millicent gergich Oh, yeah. Changing, throwing in an accent every now and then. Yeah, she was one of the weaker actresses of the show, but yeah. an interesting character in the end. Um, I also really liked the show because it had my bubble thing, which I like, like going back to um, Dirty Dancing when it's like small town, it small camp. It's just this like, town, yeah. Right, it's just this ice skating obsessed town in Montana or Idaho. wherever. Who Idaho, Idaho right. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. to look that up because I thought it was fake. Right, and it's all these people where, did they ever go to school or anything or study? Like, going to the rink was the only thing they did. Yeah. There's a good twist in the last episode, too, about who the creepy guy is. Like, you know there's a creepy guy yeah, throughout the true. whole thing. True. Oh, man. Watch and then it. no one believes her because she's bipolar. Mm-hmm. And kind of off her meds. Anyways. Yeah. I feel like that show was so long ago. That was pre-quarantine times. Yeah. We had a little baby back then. All right. So we're not talking about books. Can you do a quick book digits advertisement? Sure. Um, book digits, speed up, locate, D-I-G-I-T-S dot com. Dot com. Um, we have had a few new followers because I kind of spam some people on Twitter. But mm-hmm. if you are someone who needs a way to keep track of your books and you're not a fan of Goodreads or you're not a fan of bullet journals or... changed at all since no, Amazon bought it? That's the biggest complaint mm. is that 
there's been no updates. Like they they just are running yeah. it as a way to get links, like affiliate links. I actually got Amazon. an email saying they would no longer, uh, they no longer accept individual ad advertisers anymore. Like I used to promote my own books on Goodreads, yeah. and in the corner you got it. They got rid of those ads. So it's just a purely Amazon sale machine. That's, yeah, that's point. what yeah. that's what people complain yeah. about that they're not actually interested in updating it or having the site on its own they're just yeah. using it to to drive yeah. sales and to link to books there's also always drama on it of um reviews because you can put reviews for books that are not released 2022 yet. five so stars people go and give five stars it's if it's on there to read list and it's an author they like or give one star if they like don't like the author and there's a lot of like is doxing the right word sure there's a lot of issues with um if like a author of color speaks up against a, a popular white author mm-hmm. or a, any popular author um people will go and just give their books one stars just uh, to like yeah. re- there's a lot of like revenge reviewing Jeez. as well we don't have that on book digits so anyways join book digits it's a great way to track your to read list it's a great way to see how far behind you are on your goal <laughs> um it's a good way to find a new book from your to read list if you have a ridiculous to read list and don't know what to watch there's a quiz uh, what to read there's like a quiz yeah. to help you we narrow feature that down. a newish book every week on the front page called mm-hmm. the book of the week aka heather's corner because she picks them all pretty much basically um we also have our bookstagram which is how we find out mm-hmm. about a lot of the books if you go on instagram and search for book digits um, you can see some cute pictures of our baby and some books that I'm reading. And you're or the listening only to. person on the internet who takes great pictures <laughs> of books. You've you oh, forged dear. that niche. Um, I have not been that active on there, but I do have some good pictures on there, and I'm hoping this summer to be a little more active on it. So, mm. join up with Book Digits if you haven't already. Okay. So we're we have a book to talk about next week, and maybe the week after that week mm-hmm. next episode. Um, but for today, we're talking about a movie. <laughs> this is a oh man, a classic movie that I watched in Spanish class. Very <laughs> educational. How how long ago? High school, early high school. I'm trying to get you to say how many years ago. Oh, to I don't admit know how old we are. That would have to be math, and I can't do math right now. Um, circa t- t- 2005, probably. Probably, um, the movie is Selena. I remembered it as being like a little bit hokey, but being like a watchable drama movie. That second half was incorrect. Um, this is a and ridiculous. You, you put it movie. on our watch list because of a a project that I'm working on, which involves a toxic uh, family celebrity situation. And you said Selena, the tragedy of Selena, could be interesting source material like research. Kind of, yeah, research, yeah. yeah i did not um pitch this as the greatest movie ever made Mm-mm. i pitched it as this sounds related to what you're talking about it might be good to like have that as a touch point or just like understand the cultural yeah. relevance of that um if you're not if you have no idea what we're talking about selena was a selena quinton quintanilla quintanilla was a very famous like crossover music artist Latin, from yeah. the um forget what they called it was already. it tex tex the tex-mex version of music um tejano 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 is just what you call it a mexican texan yeah. but there was a specific style of music anyways so yeah she was very popular in tejano music and it just crossed over into like the english speaking world and yeah. everybody knows her song um the dreaming of you tonight song because i'm dreaming 
of you tonight till tomorrow. Um, I'll be holding you tight. Well, okay. she was brutally murdered. Um, <laughs> like right after this crossover, she won a Grammy and all this. And the- but let's not let's set Bennett's stage here, okay? Because I knew it was a tragedy. Because when I was telling you about the project I wanted to work on, it was going to be somewhat dark, like I said, a toxic situation for a celebrity to be in that potentially ends in a crisis or a tragedy. But I was not super clear on what happened here. I knew Selena was no longer with us. I was pretty sure she would die at the end of this movie. Yeah. But I had no idea what the context was. Based on what you and I had talked about, I assumed like her family was going to overwork her or I, I didn't know what it was going to be I but remembered a lot drug more, overdose or I something remembered i figured a lot maybe more drama with the dad yeah so this is like jennifer lopez's like breakout from a from a film point of view i think probably um the acting is is interesting throughout the whole movie it's real bad it's it the whole movie is kind of tried to be told as a parable j-lo tries really hard she tries so hard um also the dad is like a decent actor from that time he right. was Edward in um, James stand, almost. stand and deliver yeah um which i also watched in school i watched yeah. that in eighth grade which is not appropriate for eighth graders mm-hmm. um we can watch that sometime yeah too but um yeah rough acting but the script is really the issue and right. you did a little research and said it's because this was this project was like, was like sponsored kind of by her father and her parents and similar to what we talked about with the queen documentary where it's like yeah. trying to have a real tight control over the way the image of the people Correct. is portrayed it came out like t- like less than two years after her death like they rushed it out to like kind of like tell the story of selena asap um and that's fine like i get it if that's your way of of dealing with your grief and you want to remember the good times okay it does not work as a feature film no it's the the way that they portray the different people in it are so one note <laughs> there are no dimensions so she's so the first, very Latina. And correct. And the first 10 minutes is all of them younger when the dad is like trying his own music career and then he starts a restaurant. And there's like some interesting stuff about how they're like not American enough to be accepted in America, but not Mexican yeah. enough to be accepted in Mexico when they're yeah. kind of this in between their Tejano, um, which is covered for like five seconds. But her sister... <laughs> is just i you look at the show and you're like could they not find a better actress and then you look at what her actual <laughs> sister looks like you're like holy shit they was nailed that person it. related to her they she is it. was that her actual sister acting in the film yeah um the biggest issue with this movie is that each character is so one note like yes. selena is just the most perfect beautiful talented angel yep. and has never done anything wrong in her whole life except for fall in love Correct. the dad is just like very a dreamer like, a dreamer yeah. stuck in a bad situation um but is scandalized by everything modern yes which you can take away from one line of the movie yeah <laughs> um, and like the the spanish of the movie was perfect for me like you could tell <laughs> during the production of it they were like we need to make this movie so white people will watch it yeah and it's like yes es un bra i gotcha spanish for white people. i gotcha um 
the mom was just like supportive but was never gonna like go against the dad she was in switched at birth i recognized yeah, her she's too. beautiful um except with that haircut she got later in the show mm-hmm. she looked totally yeah. different it's a movie you keep calling it a show whatever the yeah. movie um and then Chris with you the ponytail. You keep wanting to believe that it was a made-for-TV movie, but this was like a feature release. Chris with the ponytail who had like three lines and they got in a fight in one second and the next second they were like, let's get married. <laughs> what was that great line? You, to- you told me that near the dumpster or something, he said. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's the love interest who joins the band and immediately butts heads with the dad. For two scenes and then they're married. For two scenes and they're married and, and they butt heads. And they're convertible? For one scene, and then he's a part of the family. And then her music is number one? Correct. They do such a bad... Like, the one thing they were supposed to portray is her rise to number one. And the only way they do that is that with that one scene where the stage almost collapses on yeah. her. And because she has a beautiful voice and sings, she, like, calms the angry mob. Yeah. Yeah, and she was singing before. She yeah. was singing, which created the mob. Yes. Um, right, it didn't make any sense. And then the, like, the <laughs> spoilers, I guess, but, like, the villain. Oh, wait, wait no, wait. Okay, just, sorry, Let's wait. Ahead. I just wanted to say before that, I give this movie credit because, like, music biopics have an arc, which can be best embolized by Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox <laughs> story. Like, that makes fun of, obviously, Ray and Walk the Line. And it's like, it, it still applies to Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, Rocket Man. Yeah. These people have something happen early in their life. Music is an outlet for them. They're somewhat of a prodigy. Uh, but it introduces them to drugs and sex. And they get famous, and then they want to break away from what made them famous. They have a band. The band wants to break up. These things happen in these cycles. There's not a ton of variation in it. This movie did not hit any of those beats. (laughs) And I guess that's a positive thing. Like, I kept waiting for the band to break up. I kept waiting for her to have a... Yeah, her to have an episode of some sort. Uh, The bus breaks down at one point, but that whole scene is just to show that she's famous with white people yeah or i don't think they were white but with um, common folk they knew her name yeah so yeah then we have then like i've never so closely watched the timer (laughs) on the bottom of a movie and there were commercials which made it really really (laughs) tricky but like on this movie there were commercials like every 20 minutes and we got to like 34 minutes now like no, we were inside the last segment. Left. We were inside the last segment. I was like, there's no more commercial breaks. And she has not contracted an illness. She it's has not, not gotten drugs. an addiction. She has not gotten a death threat. I'm pretty sure she has to die at the end of this movie. And I was, and we had already gotten past the part where the stage collapsed. accidentally created suspense by not having a plot. Correct. The stage had already collapsed, which was the only other thing I could imagine was that during some performance, she had an accident. By like not having a plot, they actually created suspense because you were like, how is this movie going to end? I don't understand. Um, But then at like, yeah, the 18... Very conspicuously introduced She's going to the Grammys, and there's this really weird scene where they like really want to ram home. In a hair salon? Oh, they okay. really want to ram home the point that she has boutiques. And if you look up Selena online, it says Tejano Music also ran boutiques. It's a very important thing in her story, she, apparently. I think she like cared about fashion, right? Because and it's she was bra. like an entrepreneur, right? And she wanted to like 
she was like doing things you know right and so there's this classic classic scene which has been taught in film school where (laughs) selena is just at the boutique and then she's like i gotta get on the plane and go to the grammys and she's with an unnamed side character who goes you're going to the Grammys? She goes, you should, you should come to the Grammys. And the, the unnamed person goes, I can't. I'm doing the inventory for the boutique you run here in Texas. And then Yolanda appears. just like, has just appeared on screen. Just pops like her head in and goes, did you say inventory? I can do the inventory. <laughs> it's just math and checking things on this list. Is this the inventory list right here? Can I see it? And I go, okay, this is like a really long scene to get her to the Grammys. Like, I get also, it that she's running the boutique. this person bo- we've never seen right. before? Like, They're I get like calling it. by name. She's running the boutiques and like you're you're establishing that she's a responsible business person yeah. and has staff working for her. And that she's her. kind to her staff and is bringing right. them to the Grammys. So I was like, okay, that's a really long scene for that. And we're down to 18 minutes. We got to move stuff along here. I don't even know what her next scene is. Um, she's at the Grammys and she wins, isn't she? No, Yolanda's next scene. Oh, the fan club. Some of the fan club members have not received the, the things yeah. they paid for or whatever. Right, right, right. I'm trying to think next time she appears on screen. That's when her dad starts piecing together. She has to appear one other time. Um, Though the um, she takes money from a collection to like get a gift for Selena. Yeah. And um, says that she'll get her a present, and she gets her an ugly ring that they really. Yes, on. the ring. ring. That's what that was her other scene. Yeah. And she was like, "You'll always treasure this." And I was like, "Okay." So now I'm in and like. You were gripped by this. I was the fucking beginning gripped. of the movie. You were like, "Why are you making me watch? This is the worst thing I've ever seen." Right. Because after 20 minutes, the boutique scene, I was just like, "I don't fucking trust Yolanda one the little last bit." Last twenty minutes, you were like glued. And to I was the looking screen. at your face, trying to get some sort of read I on what's happening. You did so I did well. Had a good poker face. So and then once the dad announces that like there's some money issues, I'm like, "Holy shit, Yolanda's gonna cop this." Then they bring in Yolanda for a shakedown. And Yolanda's not backing down, though. And she's clutching a purse. She's never... She she would never do anything to no. hurt anyone, and she never did any of this. And no. she didn't get fired from her other job for oh, sketchy, no. skimming money or whatever. No. But she's clutching that purse. And she walks out of that scene, and I go... She, got got fucking, she has a fucking gun yeah. in that purse. Um, And then literally, like, the last 90 seconds of the movie... Is just it's actually interesting like, how they do... There's like the candle in her singing and how it sort of announces her death, but it is extremely sudden. And you get off sc- and off screen. Off completely off screen. You get the actual like police nine one one call. Nine one one call in the police footage, and then you get the fictionalized version of Yolanda. Um, and I guess it intrigued me enough because I looked I did a lot of reading that night about the story and the theories about what happened i have like a weird memory thing where like my brain filled in scenes that weren't there uh-huh. like i vividly remembered like a scene where her and yolanda argue and she gets shot and right which is what the stories say happened but it's definitely not in the movie but like i remember it being in the movie like yeah. my brain must have just like filled in those segments and we must have learned about it or maybe we watched news footage or something probably like, i don't yeah. know and yeah, the thing that I still can't get over is is the fan club. Because thinking back to my early NSYNC days and other bands and stuff, like writing to a fan club and like getting something back from a fan club was such a big deal. 
um, and to have her life end because of some sort of altercation, which the conspiracies conspiracies are is that like she was running away with a doctor she had already cheated on chris and i was like feeling weird because i was like that's kind of a movie i wanted to see yeah um, like to actually have some drama because it just seems like she yeah. has the perfect and i guess that's what the movie does good is it does it does bring the heartbreak at the end oh yeah she definitely has this fallen angel life lined up for her and she's just you know hitting her she's really young still she's just had a lot of potential was just hitting her success in america yeah um and then she gets you know shot down literally like far too yeah, it's soon a, it's an american tragedy so it definitely like brings in the tragedy question for you uh-huh better or worse than the oj story uh better in what way like which one did you which one was more watchable for you or were you more invested in i feel like they're actually kind of comparable when we're talking they about are like really this. comparable um i feel so, like the so, oj one manufactured too much drama and this one glossed correct. over too much drama so they kind of oj, OJ the was very watchable because every scene was going to have one of the like there were there were 10 episodes of this show and there were 60 fucking batshit things about the oj case whether it was the slow police chase the glove and so you got six of those things per episode and yeah. in between each commercial break you, you would get one thing and then marsha was there Correct. With her kids. With her hair and vague kids. Yeah. Um, so it, I was always ready to watch it. And I was, something was always happen. ready for the next episode. Yeah. But Selena, like, I mean, I laughed through a lot of the movie unintentionally. So the viewing experience was better. Okay. If that makes sense. I will always remember watching that movie. <laughs> I w- don't want to remember watching the OJ stuff. I'll always remember watching Selena. I'm glad we can yeah. have that experience together at least. Yeah. I think that's all that needs to be said. <sighs> um, rest in peace, Selena Quintanilla. Yep. Cause I'm dreaming. Um, do you have any upcomings? No. Is there anything upcoming? Um, Blood and Water, that South African one on Netflix. That's like the only South African. Emily King told us about it. No, different one. Okay. Um. It was kind of like Gossip Girl, but the South African version. She's like yeah. in a private school, and there's anyway. I was interested in it, and it's doing well on Netflix. Mm-hmm. The Wonderful World of Disney is coming back during the quarantine. They're gonna have like a special like Sunday. Just when night they show a movie. movie. Yeah, fucking Toy Story's on like twenty four hours a day. Like there's you, you can't give me anything. Yeah, you can't give me anything I haven't seen before. Um, Taika Waititi is having a Star Wars theatrical. So the headline movie. stayed very far away from it. I stayed far away from the headline and instead like retweeted a bunch of the satirical tweets mm-hmm. Inclu- my favorite one i think was disney can't just keep expecting tech to bail out all of their yeah. struggling franchises because thor yep. he absolutely bailed it out he also directed the last the last of the mandalorian, mandalorian episodes yeah. which is the one that i said i liked in Correct. the other yeah um the other one i still Will don't really understand watch what's in the shadows jojo rabbit yeah i think we should watch it sometime okay um, I thought you were going to say what happens in the shadows or whatever. Mm, the vampire one. Well, there's a vampire movie, and then they base that FX show off of it as well. Uh, but I don't think he's actually writing the show. I think the show is like based off his movie that he wrote. Hey, new Doug. Um, Babysitter's Club reboot? How do you feel about this? That's a throwback. Yeah. I don't huh. think I ever watched the original show. I definitely read some of the books. Yeah. I think I was a little bit too young for the show. Hmm. Like in terms Steamy. of when it came out. Yeah. Um... Nadia's Time to Eat. Mm. 
had a funny you have um, yeah this is a funny story a funny so this is a 70th minute story if i've ever heard one yes because <laughs> no one's listening anymore anyways we're just talking to ourselves at this point um so friend of we, the show friend of the show elizabeth previous guest of the show made a tweet about watching <laughs> a um, nadia cooking this show. nadia cooking show and i was like oh yeah i've seen that one yeah and I was like, isn't that that one where she, like, goes and makes marmalade with old ladies? And, like, I gave a lot of, like, really specific. I'm trying to see if I can find the actual tweet because it was uh, it was funny, I thought. But um, I basically was like, oh, is it this one, this one, this one? Here it is. Yeah. <laughs> the full tweet. Is so Elizabeth writes, we're watching Nadia's Time to Eat, and it's a delightful show. She's we well lit. I remember it. that. Um Nadia is so pretty, and the show knows it and lights her in her dress Hell as yeah. well. She just made some yummy dressing. And I wrote, is this the one where she makes different meals and snacks for her family? And Elizabeth writes, it's more like showing off time-saving recipes um, and goes on location to different places. And I say, like, she went to the bread-making mom group and the old lady who made marmalade in a hundred-year-old cauldron. And, I, and then I think something with pickles. <laughs> it was just, like, where the tweet left off for a few days. Yeah. And then Elizabeth writes back later, okay, we finished the show and none of those things happened. So I'm very curious of what show you did watch so because now I want to watch You had Elizabeth, too. like, thinking for, like, a week that you were in, like, a live Berings, Berenstain Bears Yes, where she was just line. like, like we're talking about the same show but not the same things have happened and then we realized to we were catch not you talking up, about the same show we were talking about the taste made show which we're which paying is called Nadia's family favorites $50 a month to YouTube TV basically just for taste made right basically. now basically um so we were watching Nadia's family favorites which as far as i can tell was her like trial run the for pi- this a long pilot one, like yeah. a long pilot um so now elizabeth has now found gotten a free trial to taste made to watch that show um but it was it was a very funny oh back set and of, forth a very yeah. funny, funny back and forth because i was just naming some very specific things yeah. that very much did not happen on this netflix show the good thing that came out of it is now we have another like background cooking show that's very this nice to watch true. and not only is it a background cooking show i wanted all the stuff that she was making like I've it never seen you that seemed, involved in a background it cooking actually, show. It like, actually seemed like I could make some of those things. Yeah, you got excited about a fucking mushroom thing. I don't even like mushrooms. Yeah, it's weird. Um, this brings me to our final point of the show. Our hate mail. Okay. Also came from previous friend of the show, Elizabeth. Oh, boy. Um, Did I know this was coming? I kind of told you, but I didn't want to ruin it. It was something you said, right? Not me? I'm not in trouble? I said. Oh, thank God. I feel so much I'm better. I'm reading this word for word from Elizabeth, okay. so hopefully she doesn't sue us for intellectual what copyright. What episode is it in relation to? The last one. Star Wars? Yeah. Heather, you have expressed many opinions on your podcast that I don't agree with, and I continue to, to respect and love you very much, but saying Favreau peaked at Elf provoked a legitimate fight her response Favreau what? Peaked at Elf. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, I don't think I truly believe. I just was trying to be uh, provocative. But then I looked at his other Let's stuff. Let's look at the IMDb. I don't know. I still think Elf is my favorite of things. Maybe Are we talking about directorial ship? Yeah. Okay. Director and producer. But also, like, I am not a huge... Neither of us are huge Marvel fans, so I'm not going to throw no. down over Iron Man. And the movie Schiff. Like, has there ever been a more airplane movie than Schiff? <laughs> is there such a thing as direct-to-airplane movies? Oh, shit. Yeah. We previously, like, you know put what's great like, is that we airplane. watched half of Mad Max. I want to just progressively watch it on bigger screens. <laughs> just get bigger and bigger. Yeah. Filmography. And can I filter this? Yeah. Producer or director. Uh, we want director, I think. Because he's the director of Elf, right? 
He's a producer of Elf. But I'm saying director is more specific. So he did. When did Elf come out? 2003. Okay. Since then, he did Zathura. No idea what that is. A, one episode of a TV show. Iron Man One. Iron Man Two. Jimmy Kimmel Live did one episode. Skip those. Who cares about those? Cowboys and Aliens. I think that movie was very, very bad. I believe that was terrible. Yeah, six out of ten. That's terrible. Um, Chef. Uh, the Jungle Book. Mm. And and then he's into to the Disney. Lion King. And the Chef again. Jungle Book two. The Chef Show. Good lord. And Magic Kingdom. What is Magic Kingdom going to be? In development. Um, so she's basically saying Iron Man is better than Elf, is her argument. I mean, she's not here to defend herself, so let's not, like, pile it on our, like, one listener who's up to date on our she, show. It's gotta be Iron Man. She the first said, Iron Man was really good. Happy to send you the hate mail slash flames, haha. The so first Iron Man was, still was really good. Uh, for people who needed that in their lives. Anyways... Robert Downey so, needed that in his life. There was a lot of stuff that we said that episode about different Star Wars things That's that I thought we would get hate we for got, yeah. so far. But I assume, I know, for fact, I know for a fact that other people that will be angry about our Star Wars biting their tongues are behind on our episodes mm-hmm. and haven't listened. Um, but that was that was that throwaway line that I made was not what I was expecting to get hate mail for. So yeah. okay, um, I still think John uh, Elf is John Favreau's. Pierce resistance. Uh huh. Saying he peaked was maybe a little bit rude. Okay. He's still got room to grow. He can still surprise us. Jungle Book Two. Let's hold out our hope for that. <laughs> um, I think that's all I had. This is a very long episode. Oof. We did all in one take for those those listening at home. We did. We should probably go check on our baby. Oh uh, yeah. And go to bed. Okay. So thanks for listening. If you got this far. Um, you can always follow us at Book Digits. We do also have a Twitter for the show at DDGetDown. Um, we've got some interesting episode things coming up. We Yes, I know we've um, been a little bit sporadic recently, but we are picking up steam again, and we have some... We've been recording a lot of movies on cable TV that Bennett has never seen. We've, we've both started reading a little bit more again, so we should mm. have some actual books coming up too, and not just mm. movies and shows, so... We'll be back to you shortly with some literature <laughs> um, and some other stuff that we've been watching, some longer takes on some of the stuff we've been watching. So thanks for listening. Stay safe. Stay well. Wear a mask, social distance, whatever. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Adios. Bye.